Hello, listener. You're listening to Weakness for Bleakness. My name is Kieran. I'm here with Darcy, as always. Hello, listener. You're listening to Weakness for Bleakness. I'm here with Kieran, and my name is Darcy, as always. I think we did this bit a few episodes ago. I've got a a special surprise for us to start. It's another voicemail. You may be surprised who it's from. Uh, I haven't listened to this one yet, so I don't know quite what it's about, but let's have a listen and see. Hey guys, it's me, Philip Seymour Hoffman, no longer a living legend of the Silver Oh my Street. god. You know, it's interesting, I've been watching oh. Scott Morrison's acting, a lot of us have taken an interest in it. And while people have been saying he's an unconvincing actor, and in a certain way that's true, I, I really think it's a bit more complicated than that. See, what a lot of people don't know when they talk about acting is that it's not just about being convincing or not. If you really want a role to come alive, it's about a subtle balance of, on the one hand, being kind of a rock star, you know, and that's where the charisma comes from. But the other half, just as important, is being a total fucking square. And that's where your vulnerability comes from. That's the real drama of it, you know. A lot of the roles I was lucky enough to play in my career embodied this loser factor, if you will. Now, usually when you've got a problem with a role, it's because the actor is neglecting the vulnerable side of the character. So Scott Morrison is interesting to me because he's got the opposite problem in a lot of ways. He's trying to be relatable to people and likable by constantly opening himself up and saying embarrassing things or making a fool of himself. Normally, that vulnerability can be quite cool, balancing out how big a loser the actor is being. But in many ways, the risk for Morrison is that he's such a gigantic square, just so vicariously embarrassing as an example of the species, that the risk for him is that this everyman charm he's trying to create will just be completely sublimated in his frail and wet personality. There isn't the rock star element to balance against this, and so any goodwill created by his vulnerability is immediately sucked into the black hole where you'd normally expect to find charisma. And once you've done that, you get this effect we're seeing now, where he's not only unconvincing in the role he's trying to play, but also that, because he's abandoned dignity to such a dangerous extent, he becomes completely nauseating as a person. Now, the audience can turn on a character and you can get away with it, but once the audience is turned on the actor, it's really the end. Anyway, that's how I see it. He's a fascinating man. Take care. Wow. Extraordinarily poor microphone technique there from Philip Seymour Hoffman. Well, it was uh, over a phone, so you can only control things so much. But, and he uh, is a corpse, so... Yeah, yeah, he's sounding very good. For probably the a bit congested. Anyway, wow, what a uh, what a revelation. Let's uh, start the episode, shall we? Boom. A modest house, a picket fence, a couple kids, some common sense, a job to pay your mortgage or your rent. And all these goals are understood, but misery is a public good, so come and feed your sorrows till you're spent. Well, just to come, the captain said, the iceberg's only dead ahead. The men will keep the engines fed. I have a deal with God. We're at the end of history. There ain't a hope for you or me. When workers philanthropically believe in the economy. But what a feast the tired eyes, the poison earth, the boiling skies. Everyone their own death spies. Remember when the world was wise. We Darcy, do you have a headline to get us started on the headlines section of our show, which comes at the start, where we run over the headlines? I have got a headline. 
Mm. I've taken the liberty of dipping back into the previous fortnight. Yes. Because we have a lot of ground to cover. A lot of things yeah. have happened in it's Australia. It's been a busy fortnight. It's been a very bad, busy fortnight. Bad week it's been to a miss horrible, an episode. Horrible fortnight. Um, I'm going to start with all right. Parliamentary abuse of privilege. Ah, wonderful. This comes not from a specific news source, but from essentially all of them. Mm. Ashley Raper uh, was a journal is a journalist working for the ABC, mm-hmm. who was outed. Uh, thanks to uh, Member of Parliament David Elliott, yes. who used his parliamentary privilege to tell the nation that she had been molested by Luke Foley, the yes. uh, then leader of the opposition in New South Wales. Mm-hmm. That's a disgraceful thing for Luke Foley to have done. Of we course. don't think people should be molesting anybody. No, ideally not. But it is a worse thing to publicly out somebody as a victim of an abuse that they did not want to be uh, revealed. Yeah. Especially when this uh, person is a fucking ABC journalist Mm. and more than capable of making a stink about it if she wants to. She could have destroyed Luke Foley's career with a snap of her fingers if that's what she wanted to do. But she didn't. She wanted nobody to know about it. Yeah. Because it was over and done with and in the past and... And because now that she has been outed, uh, her this life is, gonna, is shithouse yeah. because of the people fucking yeah, knocking women at her door. suffer serious consequences for being public about this. Yep. Dr. Blasey Ford has had to move <clears throat> house four times, four times since she gave testimony. Her family are under constant secret service protection. Yep. It's I don't a- think that... Uh, uh, Ms. Rafe is going to be subject to the same level of madness, but I don't know that. Well, it's not America, so... David Elliott didn't know but, that. Yeah, yeah. David Elliott's a fucking scum. Yeah. Who... And there's a lot of play, like, before you get to the level of American insanity, where it's still there's fucking There's an awful, enormous obviously. amount of unbearable, horrible bullshit. Yeah. If for nothing else, then, for the rest of her career, she's going to be known as the woman who killed Luke Foley's career. Even yeah. though she didn't. Yeah, that'll be her primary... It was literally uh, the actions of Luke Foley and another man, but I mm-hmm. reckon she's still going to be the one who gets blamed for oh, it. Oh, of course. Yeah. She'll be blamed for it. She'll be known for that before anything else. Like, the irony there being that, like, a lot of women, her entire career will be erased in favour of this one fucking detail. Uh, yeah, it's pretty gross. Yeah, and it's just a fucking massive, massive treats breach of uh, trust yeah parliamentary privilege is there to protect members of parliament who want to uncover genuine dangerous corruptions and distortions of the system yeah. it's not there to be u- to to be used as a point scoring mechanism whereby you can essentially sacrifice a human being yeah just to hurt the leader of the opposition exactly um to the public's credit i have seen a lot of people uh, attaching to that interpretation of things that, you know, this was an incredibly fucked up thing to do and not his place to uh, out her for a political point. Uh, but that's only some of the public. That's You've still got the shithouse part of it that's going to be fucking carrying on like headless chooks. Yeah, and this David Elliott is going to fucking suffer absolutely no blowback or repercussions whatsoever. Oh, no, no, no. Other than the harsh words we have (laughs) given him here, which may filter through, may filter up. Yeah, a lot of people have been giving him shit for it, but that's going to last fucking no time at all, because it's 
politics yeah. and enough of this dog shit is happening on the reg that yeah you can get away with anything you can be passed over unless i mean yeah i don't even know how egregious a crime you would have to commit to have it fucking stick well in people's minds for long enough i mean the crime of being a member of the liberal party is still yeah. weirdly unpunished yeah. Also, it's, um, special fuck you for Gladys Berejiklian for mm. just being as mute as a oh yeah fucking dead dog while all of this is going on. Yep. Yeah. 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 She had an opportunity to to stand up and and comment, but yeah, nah. Fuck the libs, man. Uh, and fuck Luke Foley too, obviously. Oh yeah, of course. Fuck There's Luke always Foley. <laughs> the the, uh, the risk with things like this is that people go like, oh, you're just doing that because it's, you know, your team you're and you're trying to because, yeah, turn it on the other people. But New yeah. South Wales Labour are not our fucking team. No. If ever, <laughs> like, there was a part of the Labour Party that we would happily see flushed into a black hole, it's the cunts from the New South Wales faction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The worst. I mean, my ties and sympathy to the Labour Party are so fucking fragile anyway. It is, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's literally yeah. just a two-party preference thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the New South Wales faction, are just, yeah, it's a cesspit. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, cool. Miserable? Yep. As expected. <laughs> cool. Shall we move Loving on? Loving it. Go. With some really good news. Hustle uh, and bustle. I don't have actual headlines for any of these. These are just things that have happened. So, uh, Too one massive for individual headlines. <laughs> one Latham party. Uh, Ooh, yeah, that's right. This is actually some good news <laughs> for everyone who enjoys the, uh, the beautiful madness of the human condition. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Latham has joined the One Nation party as its uh, head of operations in New South Wales. New South Wales, again, thank you, guys. What's more effective than one egomaniacal, thin-skinned, narcissistic psychopath? <laughs> oh, boy. Chuck another one in the mix. The Ow. dynamic duo. Yeah. Fucking the wildest team-up in political history, maybe, for this country. Fucking nuts, man. Whoop. That was the mailman come to interrupt us. Thank God somebody did. All right. <laughs> <coughs> Where so, were we? Oh uh, yeah, Mark fucking Latham. Mark Latham and Pauline Hanson. Yeah, unreal. What, what, what's the um? Have they published a platform? Uh, I don't know. I'm not going out of my just, way to. We have both run out of other people who are prepared to spend any time with us. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Mark Latham was like, "Oh, it's time that New South Wales voters were given a viable third option, <laughs> which given is a, a disgusting right wing piece of shit to choose. Oh, yeah. what a wonderful novelty for the New <laughs> South Wales public." <laughs> Yeah, uh, calling himself just full stop, let alone associated with the One Nation Party as, like, a viable third option, maybe the most (laughs) (laughs) self-aggrandizing thing he's ever said, which is saying something. Yeah, this is a man who lost the unlosable election. Mm. Don't forget that. Mm -hmm. John Howard was so unpopular when Mark Lathan was given a chance to run against him. It was only by sheer force of personality that Latham managed to bring it all crashing down around his ears. <laughs> How Simon f- Crean could have fucking won that election <laughs> if he was still in power. How the fuck did Latham go so high in the fucking Labour Party? Because he was a very effective attack dog when yeah. he was on the opposition front bench. And they felt that the problem with Crean had been, and, and Beasley, that mm. neither of them had really connected with the public, that there'd been a charisma, yeah. a charisma issue. Because they were like, well, our policies are better than the Liberals. 
everyone hates John Howard. I can't yeah. see how we're making no headway. But Latham, he's an Australian. He's got yeah. charisma. He he's got the X people. factor. Mm. You know, Simon Cowell Racism. said he was our best candidate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a ringing endorsement. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, I'm really glad for this news just to have him associated more recently and prominently with another party, I think. He's been cause... looking visibly madder and madder every time he surfaces, oh, yeah. hasn't he, Mark? There was that thing where he went to that whatever in fucking shorts and a stained <laughs> jersey or whatever, looking like a complete dick, just a fucking... I saw a dude yesterday, or the day before, standing on the corner of the streets up there, facing traffic, uh, just taking a piss in the gutter, in broad daylight. (laughs) That guy is less of a fucking abject reminder of human frailty and madness than Mark Latham is. Have you read read his book? No, of course not. The line of suckles. No. It is literally just an anthology of other people's quotes that he's really put together without any theme or direction or purpose. <laughs> of course. Apart from they're all like related in some way to politics, mm. but often quite abstractly. And it covers a dizzying array of thinkers. Mm. It's essentially like open up any given page and put your finger down somewhere with your eyes shut uh-huh. and you'll find a disturbing insight into Mark Latham's <laughs> subconscious, but you yeah. will not have a remotely useful quote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he suffers, of course, from the same delusion that all reactionary dickheads do, which is that he's like quite certain that there's a deep lake of intellectual uh, fucking brilliance within his own psyche. But whenever he's given the opportunity to express that brilliance or say something with any degree of insight or intelligence, he fucks it up completely because there's nothing there. And he'll he'll blame, uh, you know, politically correct culture for obstructing his message. Yeah. This is a big thing of Latham's of late. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He discovered he could blame political correctness for all of his failings, and he's just gone fucking nuts on it. Yeah. Like a comedian from the 70s. He's like, mm. I just don't understand what's happened to people's sense of humour, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Honestly, you can't even call a nignog a spade anymore. Jesus Christ, and yeah. It's, like, it's exactly not- that. People's sense of humour is the same as it always was. It's just we don't find racial abuse funny anymore. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> if you considered telling a joke about any remotely sensible contemporaneous issue, I think you'd mm. find people still laugh quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you had the craft which you claim for yourself and weren't relying on lazy stereotyping. Just the fact there was a, a golden age for you when everybody just assumed black people were dreadful and were prepared to laugh yeah. whenever you mentioned them. Yeah, yeah. That was a good time for shit comedy. Sorry, mate. Yeah, Com- not- comedy was shit then, not, <laughs> not now. Politically correct fucking culture has nothing to do with it. Mm. Um, they got off to a cracking start, this dynamic duo. When, yeah, when they called a nignog a spade. Yeah, basically. Well, no, uh, Pauline Hanson showed up to something, some fucking morning television program or whatever to announce it, and uh, she had an empty seat next to her. Which Mark Latham was supposed to be sitting in, but he didn't fucking turn up for their big morning announcement thing. Well, how are they both supposed to occupy us the same stage? That's a very good it question. Would be, I think psychologically impossible. Yeah, that's the bit where the fucking shockwave that's sent out through the national broadcasting infrastructure just fucking blows everybody's minds to smithereens and we turn into, I don't know, ravers or something. <laughs> 
I hope that wasn't a reference to some... Post-apocalyptic raiders. Yeah. I've started playing Fallout 4 again just to prep myself. Oh, good, good. It's good to do the work. Uh, Anyway, that's my headline. There's nothing more to it. One suckhole dutifully (laughs) attaches to the suckhole of another suckhole. Got some lovely anticipation now for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it's going to be scintillating. I'm sure never disappointing antics from Pinky and the Brain. Yeah. All right. What's uh, what's next? What's next? Which one's Pinky? That's a, well, they're both Pinky, really, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, James Ashby is the brain. <laughs> That's stretching the word brain a bit. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you kind of play off its resemblance to a scrotum, maybe there's an angle, but... Ooh, actually, yeah. that's probably... It's, it's rare that the scrotum angle is the best angle, but I think <laughs> in this case, you may have hit the nail. We've done it. We've broken through the politically correct barricade to Hit find the a, nail through the scrotum. A bawdy joke. Oh, Jesus. All right. The, uh, this comes from SBS News, and this is in relation Ooh. to the very sad uh, death of, uh, of, of Sisto, uh, of Pellegrini's. Yes. Um, in, the, in the terror attack on Melbourne. Uh-huh. Um, but it has been given an unnecessarily disgusting and grimy coating by Scott fucking Morrison, who yes. never won to waste an opportunity to make himself look like a complete and total prick, mm. has taken the chance to condemn radical Islam. Oh, of course. Well, and the Nas- Australian National Imams Council have uh, expressed their disappointment that Scott Morrison has chosen mm-hmm. to weirdly politicise this issue, given, uh, as we know, that uh, Hassan Khalif was mm. fucking mental. He had a long history of being fucking mental, yeah. uh, of drug abuse, uh, of unemployability and petty criminality, all mm. related to his genuine, actual psychological and mental health problems. Mm. And that, I don't know, maybe the political party that's chiefly responsible for strangling the sector of public care yeah. should uh, shut the fuck up yeah. when their neglect of mental health issues inevitably fucking concludes in a dangerous nervous breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. They really should shut their fucking mouths about it. Hey. Yeah. It was... Like, startling the speed with which Matthew fucking Guy jumped on the train to, to be like, oh, my, it's less than 24 hours. It's gruesome when he moves quickly because his flesh keeps rippling for hours. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking bizarre. Yeah, exactly right. He got up there and he was like, oh, this was on Twitter, so I don't know where up there is. But he's like, <laughs> oh, you know, such a tragedy, of course. Yeah, these people uh, lost their lives. It's a tragic thing that fucking Daniel Andrews government is soft on crime and yeah, just immediately like, well, firstly, it's a national immigration issue. So if you're going to play this game, obviously, logically, you have to blame Dutton and his fucking psychopath uh, (laughs) cohort. But also you shouldn't play the game. And also you guys cut funding to cops and Daniel Andrews is really pro cops. Daniel Andrews is much tougher on crime than any Victorian premier in my lifetime has been. Mm. which is about 30 years. He's tougher than Kennett was, mm. way tougher than Brax was, mm. and a thousand times tougher than Bailey and fucking Napthine were. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Napthine, who just wanted a cup of weak, sweet tea and <laughs> a fucking pair of slippers. Which is more than Bailey wanted, because he just settled for the slippers. <laughs> yeah. Um, just the worst. Yeah, yeah. He's, Daniel Andrews is a fucking psycho on Law and Order. He's appalling. Yeah, he's, 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 he's provided he's, the cops with fucking tons and tons of funding. 
And also this event was like the one of the very few times where I look at it and I'm like, you know what? The cops did an all right job. They didn't fucking- Police did essentially fine. Obviously, people are saying they shouldn't have shot to kill him. I, yeah. no friend of the institution of the police force, say, you fucking deal with a lunatic with a knife. It's not easy. Yeah. That's right. I mean, it's, it amazes me that that debate, there was one guy You've been guy given who, a gun, of course you're going to use it, you know. Yeah. Shit. There was one guy who was like, why can't they shoot lower to immobilize? Why can't they shoot lower? And it's like, well, because you're trained to shoot at the why torso. Why can't human beings behave perfectly under all yeah. circumstances? Robocop would never have done this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fucking... Insane. Actually, some compassion for the rookie cop who got involved in that. Yeah, three months into dare say it's going to be a fucking head case for the next forty years. Yeah, yeah. Cops bad in this case. Cops were not the problem. No, the problem here is you can't you can't solve mental health issues by being tough on crime. That's fucking insane. Yeah, police states are not effective uh, relievers of madness. They never Mm. have been. You know. Yeah. Generally speaking, regimes that are tough on crime also tend to have higher numbers of more dangerously unbalanced mad people. Yeah. Because they create a highly stressful and deeply unpleasant society that you're trying to live in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's put pressure on people. That'll reduce yeah. those pressure-related yeah. tra- <laughs> Historically, tragedies. what has always worked is provoking lunatics. Mm. And the other thing is, like, I don't want to downplay the fucking attack or whatever, but fucking it is not the massive deal that people immediately try to make it into. More people die playing sport, I'm sure, in this fucking country every year. Than well, who, who he killed is a factor in it, though, right? Because Sisto yeah, was because one of the Sisto. most beloved uh, sure. people in this. In, in an increasingly soulless and shithouse city, he yeah. was a, a bright light of brilliance. My heart sank when uh, I saw that it was Sisto, not because... I have strong opinions about Sisto one way or the other, but because I knew immediately that this was getting into fucking, uh, like, Greek tragedy level of overwrought performance. Like, straight away, yeah. there was oh, no I mean, chance of this When being you heard, like, oh, the reason that he was the first victim is because he'd, like, you know, run to the crash scene to help the guy out of the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, it was just fucking couldn't have been more horrible. It really couldn't. And it's, it's fucking, yeah, and people are milking it for all it's worth. And being like, we shouldn't have fucking immigrants. And then people go like, but Sisto was an immigrant. And they're like, well, you know what I mean is that we shouldn't have black shouldn't immigrants. have the wrong immigrants, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's fucked up. It's like, well, know. okay, he was a child when he came over here. And nobody mm. was... Even assuming that we're going to rule people out of um, refuge because they have mental health issues. Mm. There's no way that you can determine that a child is going to grow into a, you know, murderer. Especially one from yeah. a very placid, quiet family. Yeah. Like, his family is super boring. They're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're the Church of England, like, level of Islam. It's just yeah, a cultural yeah. thing for them. It's not They're not uh, Wahhabis or anything. Yeah. Sure. I've seen a bunch of uh, very tenacious uh, people reminding everybody that, like, you cannot fucking throw your hands up in shock about something like this if you don't similarly take issue with the huge number of women who were killed yeah Yeah. which is a very good point and and not the ones who don't die but are ruined for life through injury and and, um you know psychological trauma psychological fallout yeah 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 of course we have we have problems in this country but like fucking white dudes aren't doing any better than black dudes because oh 
fucking under the under the surface we're all the same and maybe well we this is it right there was that factors at play that 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 poor mad greek lunatic who um did the initial burke street mall rampage yeah the guy who thinks he's who thinks jesus. he's jesus yeah yeah the pentecostal prime minister has no issue with that no of course not and if he didn't believe in any god mm. um if he was an atheist then it would be fucking black helicopters and the UN and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know international bankers and aliens or whatever, whatever the fuck. Uh. Mad people express themselves usually through whatever the most immediate cultural reference is. Yeah. Right? It's not a choice they make. It's got nothing to do with the theological niceties and <laughs> disputations. Mm. They're not like going through the great commentaries of Islam being like, oh, hang on, hang on, I think I've yeah. found... A, uh, a subtle justification for violence in yeah, this yeah, passage. Yeah. Mom, which you're is not going to believe contradicted. this, but if you, if you lay it out and you hang it all together, I've got to say, logically, I just have to go and have kill. Have to go and kill. Yeah, it's unfortunate. And then that she it's sees there. it and she's like, oh my God, it's irrefutable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Su- the sutras could not be clearer. <laughs> the I'll racists come with you. I'll were dro- right. I'll, we aren't the religion of peace. I'll do you a nice packed lunch and then I'll drive you in. <laughs> I'll drive you. Fucking uh, disgusting and disgraceful. Yeah. Just yeah. fund mental health services, you pieces of shit. Yep. Yep. Fuck, it bums me out. Uh, shall we move on to some lighter fare? Yeah, go on. I mean, that could be almost any topic, so... Yep. Uh, but it is actually funny. Uh, it's the scum bus. I want to talk scum- about the scum bus. Scott Morrison's stupid fucking bus has been getting a lot of play in the media with his stupid fucking it's an inner, slogan. intercity shit show. Hey! <laughs> hey. Um, I don't even know what the real slogan on the bus is because I've it's only because seen, never seen the actual one. I've only ever point. seen it yeah. up, yeah. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it uses the words fair dinkum because he's been getting a lot of shit for fair dinkum lately. Justifiable. Henry so. Lawson cultural reference bus. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Jesus Christ, he's been doing a tour of Queensland, right? In yeah. this, in this stupid fucking bus, which is dumb enough and going to, going to places and cramming fucking processed meat down his throat. Beefies. Like a gibbering dickhead with a beefies, beefies hat on. was so perfect. It just suits his idiot face so yeah, much yeah, better yeah. than any it's, of the other hats. <laughs> it's a giant rubbery moron face. <laughs> it's, a, it's a once in a lifetime photo <laughs> moment. If you'd have told me when Abbott ate that onion that there would be something funnier and weirder and it would be disguised as a very mundane photograph of a prime minister eating a meat pie, I wouldn't have believed you, but it's just fucking... I'm just trying unreal. to imagine, like, one of Tony Blair's spin doctors or something just fucking hanging himself from a tree branch because yeah. he wasn't able to talk the prime minister out of the beefy's cap. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that whole, um, like, late 90s slick spin machine has yeah. gone somewhere. I guess they work for the private sector now. I don't know. They're yeah, not helping yeah. the politicians anymore. No, no, no. <laughs> Say what you will about Tony Blair, the war criminal that he is, but he's way too much of a posh weirdo to ever attempt Tony to Tony Blair in a beefies cap. <laughs> oh, man. Amazing. It's making me unhappy to think about. Trying to do like an East End accent while he gets through a plate of jelly deal. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Mm, choking it down, that stiff upper lip. Um, but the highlight for me of the Scumbus saga is the fact that he's been taking flights to get places 
quickly. <laughs> and Queensland's a big place, huh? It's a big place. And uh <laughs> and people have rightly been giving him shit and calling it out as a dumb stunt and stuff, but the absolute height of it is this dialogue uh well wait a second while I pull it up. This dialogue with the officially my favorite journalist in Australia now. Uh, I'll I'll just quickly read it, shall I? Because Go. because it's just tri- tri- so treaters to some literature. All right, Prime Minister, you're on the bus tour. Why are you flying? Well, the bus is going all the way up to Rocky, and that's where it was always planning to go. I mean, it's a big state, and I need to cover as much of it in four days as I can. So we were never planning to take the bus to Townsville. We'd always planned to take that last leg up to Townsville by plane because that was the most effective way to get there and to spend the most time there with people on the ground. I mean, these visits aren't about sitting on a bus. That shouldn't have drawn so much fucking attention to the bus then, Scott. (laughs) Uh, They're about actually engaging with small businesses and our supporters and the people of Queensland and listening to them. So many small businesses between cities in Queensland. (laughs) Yeah, fuck. (laughs) So the journalist simply says, then why have the bus? Because it gets me from A to B. Will you be taking the bus to Rockhampton from here? Yes, the bus will be going to Rockhampton from here. That's right. With you on it? I've got to get there earlier than the bus tonight. So you'll be flying to Rockhampton. I'll I'll get into Rockhampton tonight, and I've got a program tonight in Rockhampton, and the bus can't get me there quick enough, so I've got to fly. (laughs) Jesus. So you'll be flying to Rockhampton, and the bus will catch up with you, and then you'll fly on to Townsville? I'll be flying on to Townsville. And your point is what? I'm just interested in the point of the bus if you're not on it. I am on it. I just got off it. But not onto Rockhampton or Townsville. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a practical thing. I want to spend as much time on the ground with Queenslanders. Everybody I- wants to spend as much time with <laughs> Queenslanders as they possibly yeah. can. That's why we put them so close to the rest of the country. <laughs> yeah. And when I can be on the bus and go from place to place on the bus, that's great. But I'm not going to sacrifice time with Queenslanders to listening to them and hearing them and talking to them about what's important to them. Just to satisfy the media's interest in the timetable for the bus. <laughs> it's it's perfect. It's just it's the honestly shittest, perfect. The shittest prime <laughs> He's he's the worst. Unbelievably stupid. <laughs> Did he think nobody was going to notice that the bus was pointlessly driving to Rockhampton? <laughs> doing buses anyway we've never done buses. we've never done buses before <laughs> this is why because it's a logistical fucking nightmare it's a huge a huge oh country it's not brexit you can't just fucking get stuck in roundabouts in leicester square <laughs> or america Honking, where it's like yeah. okay there's a major settlement we can get to every evening yeah you know? yeah exactly it's <laughs> all pretty close stupid. together so dumb <laughs> So dumb, and I love it so much. Just what a fucking moron. Vladimir Putin's next, <laughs> just fucking fanging through Siberia. Can you imagine it? I hope mm. we're not late. <laughs> we need to spend as much time with Siberians as possible. Support these small businesses dotted throughout Tundra. We have prison to get to. We have Gulag. It's really incredible. It's wonderful. What a what a delicious moment of catharsis. 
It was really nice, Kieran. Thank you so much. So that's it. The bus is stupid. That's the whole of the story. <laughs> the, bus is, the only thing stupider than the bus is the fucking idiot responsible for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. There's some PR dude who came up with this stupid idea, or at least okayed it, and is now going to get blamed for it. And he's going to be hanging around the halls of power giving stupid fucking ideas like this. But it could just have been Scott Morrison. The genius behind where the bloody hell are you? <laughs> Right, the worst (laughs) advertising campaign. Just Mm. let's just swear at people. Yeah, and it kind of worked because it was brazen and dumb. Us your money. Yeah, yeah. You fucking idiots! (laughs) Look at how sunny it is. It started to work because our dollar began to depreciate relative to the US dollar. That's why we got tourism back. It was nothing to do with this shitty campaign. Yeah, or poor poor old's walking disaster. Laura Tingles. Terrible attempt at swearing convincingly. <laughs> Where the bloody hell are you? Yeah. What's this <laughs> word? Bloody? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's nothing if not our national pastime to take something uh, which is kind of shitty and kind of funny for being kind of shitty. And then within five years have turned that kind of ironic appreciation into full-blown love for no reason whatsoever. You are referencing the Not Happy Dan campaign that the... <laughs> Shooters and fishes. I had forgotten about that. My heart started in my chest when you said it because it's still the best contemporary reference to literally twenty years ago. It was an ad for a phone book twenty years ago, decades ago, twenty years ago, and it's still this is this is why (laughs) when you go overseas, conservative mind works, Kieran. (laughs) It's why when you go overseas, people are like, "Oh, you're you're from Australia, are you? That's not a knife. This is a knife." And it's like that movie's so fucking old, dude. How is this still what we're known? Nobody that doesn't has Alzheimer's has seen Crocodile Dundee. Yeah. So the people who have seen it don't remember it because they're so old and broken and twisted. It's unreal. It's unreal, and I hate it. But that's the headline. Uh, you've found a way to sour it. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Karen. That's all right. So we're do we're topics, right? Topics, boo why yay. Just before we get to topics, Darcy, I do have a human disaster warning that I would like to uh, issue. We don't have the full story as yet because I suspect it's uh, still developing, but Elon Musk uh, in the... So, California has been subsumed by terrible wildfires. What's his new company? Which are, it's not a new company, but wait, wait. Uh, if Mark says that something appears in history first as tragedy and then second as yeah, farce, yeah. then what happens when it appears first as farce? Because uh, <laughs> Elon Musk has offered the use of... Tesla Model S's and one of the other stupid cars uh, to help people evacuate the wildfires because they're fitted with uh, very high quality HEPA filters. <laughs> so he doesn't say anything about the unique structural qualities of the tires or anything like that. But uh, <laughs> basically, he's he's just offered a vehicle to help some people in need. So it's potentially only a matter of days before he calls one of them a dog rapist. <laughs> and <laughs> Presumably, would have been somewhat more helpful to people when they mm. needed to be saved from the fires, not after yeah, the fact. Yeah, it's, it's all dumb. <laughs> Grimes is posting about hentai now on Twitter, so the world is truly mad. Anyway, just letting you know in case uh, we have another Musk update next week. I didn't want to well, have people think that I was being negligent in my following of this 
human garbage fire. Yeah, no, I wouldn't want you to be negligent in your otherwise scrupulously professional reporting. Yeah. I have a short news flash just before I go to my main topic, Yep, which is Pentecostal Christian Scott Morrison has decided to celebrate the uh, Mm. anniversary of his Messiah's birth by cutting food banks funding by 50%. Yes, wonderful. He's a a charitable Christian man. He is a very charitable Christian man who Mm -hmm. Jesus would massively approve of. Yeah. So that's another win for everyone involved. I love it. I love it. What a beautiful (laughs) world we live in. Gummy little cunt. Mm. And now to topics. Yes. Yesterday, uh, as yesterday is in the sense of when this episode was recorded, yesterday Mm. relative to Monday, Mm -hmm. the 12th, was of course Sunday, the 11th. Yes. Uh, and therefore was Remembrance Day. Yes. And that was the uh, the actual centenary of the actual armistice being mm. signed on the 11th of the 11th at 11 o'clock. Yes. Um, on the 18th year of the 20th century. So, yeah. Weirdly yeah. pedantic symbolism. It's, fa- and it's then- <laughs> very, very difficult to get much past three. Getting three are we gonna stop? Good. We are going to stop shooting, like, before, mm. though. Kind of the evening of the day before, you'd be like, it's yeah. now, though, right? The cease for the, It's now. We can stop now. Yeah. There's no need I for love, anyone else to die. I love to imagine no, fucking people will Field still Marshal Haig <laughs> on the phone with somebody being like, oh, yes, an armistice, very good. Well, you know what would be bloody good We've if- We've got time for a couple yeah, of ends look, before, uh, before then, I hope. It's only the eighth. Look, if, <laughs> uh, listen to me. Just a few more days of senseless- Killing on a scale to, never seen before. A shame to waste all that fighting spirit. Mm, yes. Our good Tommy boys will love the numerological <laughs> symbolism of the 11th, the 11th, and 11. Yes, you know, your East End uh, Irish cockney is a very sentimental and superstitious creature. <laughs> Really half, somewhere between children and savages, you know. Mm, yes. But makes- uh, they're easily impressed by geometric perfection. <laughs> Hence my <laughs> moustache. <laughs> oh, man, Field Marshal Haig. <laughs> what a monster. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yes. And Remembrance s- Speaking Day. of monsters. Mm. So, Remembrance Day in Australia mm. always takes the form of celebrating the diggers who uh, served and died at Gallipoli. Yes. And unfortunately, and I put it down to the newspaper coverage at the time, Mm. which was under enormous political pressure to spin this disaster into something the government could sell to the public. Yep. And the uh, lazy cretinism of politicians since who found it easier to go along with this bullshit than they have to challenge it. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the celebration of the Anzac troops has become a, an, an ahistorical nationalistic farce. Of course. Which uh, has fueled militarism yep. and grossly distorted uh, the reality of, of the field at Gallipoli and mm. uh, what it is we're supposed to be remembering uh, and, and sacrificing. Yes, Gallipoli, of course, for the fucking snowball's chance in hell that we have an international <laughs> listener being where uh, a lot of our troops were... Put on the wrong beach. They landed on the wrong beach. Killed in Slaughtered by Johnny Turk. Quite ingeniously escaped with a fucking drip can invention that carries undue weight, I feel, in (laughs) the amount of uh, attention it gets. But anyway, yes, quite emblematic of the meaningless horror of war. And yet... And there's more to it, of course, because it wasn't just our troops. Um, Obviously, 
the Anzac Corps comprised New Zealanders, firstly, which yep. is weirdly overlooked by many Australians in the present day. Yep. Um, but they were accompanied by English soldiers, by Irish soldiers, by Indian subcontinental soldiers, mm-hmm. and by French soldiers. Mm-hmm. There were lots of people present at Gallipoli. And yeah. for some reason, we have absolutely, because of our fair-minded egalitarianism, <laughs> absolutely no fucking interest in any of the other no, of course uh, nations involved in the enterprise at all, let alone yeah. the Turks. Yeah. Um, whose, lest us not forget, country it was yeah. <laughs> that we were invading mm. um, rather pointlessly. So what we had was a gigantic military disaster that had to be turned yep. into a political victory. So sure. the newspapers began to reel out this nonsense about the baptism of fire, a mm. crucible that was going to forge the nation, the mm. sacrifice of these fit, healthy, clear-eyed... Mm. naive and, in some cases, frankly, stupid young men mm. been brutally torn to shreds in a oh. ridiculous, pointless European uh, political farce. It makes the weakened is actually, and hardened it's aortas a, it's swell. It's actually a good thing for Australia, and we have maintained the fiction that it was a good thing for Australia. Yeah. Because it's too much to accept the fact that there was absolutely no redeeming yeah. purpose behind those deaths. That it was a a, a wasted military venture. Um, The Turkish surrender was uh, brought about after the disaster at Gallipoli when the Royal Navy, accompanied by the French Navy, just fucking sailed into the harbour Istanbul and pointed their guns (laughs) at the city and said, if your country doesn't surrender, we'll waste everyone. And turned out that that worked fine and there was no need to deploy troops anywhere at any point. to a... Bitter, inhospitable beach with machine guns trained upon it from the yeah. high cliffs. And to then insist that you had to keep trying to take the fucking thing. Yeah, Which course. would have resulted in absolutely no tactical advantage, yeah. even if we'd managed to. Well, that was the strategy of that particular war, right? Was with just, no tactical just, advantage. Just, just throw keep yourself going into meaningless... Uh, yeah, because the generals at the grounds. time had absolutely no idea how to handle industrial warfare. Yeah. Even though the American Civil War had shown us what industrialized warfare would look like and you'd think 50 years later be like man it's going to be probably even worse than that yeah because of all the more industry yeah Uh, yeah no the 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 generals had no idea what was going on Mm -hmm. and yeah going forwards was all they could think of it was yeah one of the reasons so in that sense they they resemble today general monash was you know considered such a brilliant thinker Mm. was because he was an engineer first and foremost and a military adventurer second Mm. and he was like figured out that they could use ingenuity and machinery to protect the soldiers Mm. and uh uh, perform the feats of warfare more efficiently sure bit of an archimedes there he was a bit of an archimedes but yeah we were left with this disastrous legacy Mm. of this myth of the great australian digger Yep. There against all odds, abandoned by the Empire, he was sworn to protect, mm-hmm. fighting a completely uh, quixotic battle on a Turkish beach. Yeah. And we need to abandon it. We need to just <laughs> accept that it was a disaster where lots of hundreds of thousands of people on both sides were pointlessly slaughtered. Yeah. And that there's not always a redeeming feature. There doesn't have to be a silver lining. And there certainly should not be fuel for nationalism. Mm. Well, its redeeming feature is that it perfectly exemplifies why we should be avoiding war and not being militaristic and not yeah, being fucking... precisely. 
uh, rah-rah nationalistic dickheads about it because it gets people killed for no reason whatsoever. And, and yet it's perversely used for the exact opposite. And this one of the most insidious legacies of, of Howardism mm. was that throughout the 90s, there was a while where it seemed like this particular brand of post-colonial nationalism was being mm. put to bed. Yeah. And Australia was moving in a more multicultural, more secular direction where there wasn't going to be a single national identity that you had to subscribe to on pain of excommunication or exile. Yeah. That you could uh, perfectly viably fulfil any sort of national characteristic as long as you <clears throat> were prepared to follow the law. Then all yeah. of a sudden, John Howard began to dig up this coffin. And year by year... Um, resurrected this uh, this this horrible horrible corpse of dead australian nationalism and mm -hmm. turned it into essentially what we were to the british empire he made us for the american empire yeah you know a, a, a xenophobic violent rugged fearful um south pacific base essentially yeah and i mean that's one of that's the other like could arguably positive aspects of Gallipoli is it it could teach a country to emancipate itself from the British Empire, know that they were basically just being used as fucking yeah, fodder, so and then turn themselves into their own brutal colonial uh, country in their own right. Weird, so right? To lose that. In the legacy of Gallipoli was one of the reasons Curtin was prepared to stand up to Churchill during the Second World War mm. and say, "No, you can't just use our soldiers." however you want yeah those are the you know those are our people yeah <laughs> we, yeah we view ourselves as an independent country now we don't trust you yeah um but that's yeah that, that, no that would longer. be that would be a legacy of of the anzacs that i could live with yeah but it's uh it's not it's just about blindly supporting war efforts yeah. now if the tagline they was... made their sacrifice it's your turn next you know yeah if That's the tagline was where were you Anzacs core? sod this for a game of soldiers, then it would be good, but it's not. It's like, fuck, how good is the game of soldiers? And Absolutely. It's, it's baffling. It's fucking disgraceful. And there was a lot that we did in the Middle East, incidentally, mm. that, um, that was very impressive in certain degrees. Australian soldiers uh, policed the uh, uh, evacuation of uh, Armenia, during mm. uh, Turkish Armenia, during the Ottoman genocide there. Mm. Uh, tens of thousands of Armenians got to safety because Australian troops escorted them to it. Yeah, uh, that's to a, be to be a fair, wonderful quite, legacy that quite no one easy to about. do that when uh, that genocide doesn't exist. Of course, of course, as we all know, as we all know, <laughs> yeah, it was not a genocide. It was just a series of unfortunate events. Yeah, and yeah. The point is, why are people not talking about this baffling wave of accidents? That's because of, because of the mind. Jews, Gary. Yeah, because the oh, Jews yeah. want to want to monopolize. They're genocide. at it again. They're at it again. Um, it couldn't be that Turkey's, like, a valuable strategic NATO ally. Mm. That would have nothing to do with it whatsoever. It's the Jews. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, of course, you're right. Like, there is a potential for redemptive narratives to be pulled out of, you know, a bunch of combat-trained people. Yeah, but they overseas, can't be but... patriotic narratives. They've got yeah. to be humanitarian narratives. Yeah. Internationalist as soon as you try to humanistic uh, redeem death through the lens of 19th century nationalistic philosophy yeah. then you're just stoking the fires of another conflagration yeah you're just preparing the world for more war yeah you're a monster essentially 
uh, who's, who, yes. who's saying and believing monstrous things. Yeah, I agree with you. It fucking turns my stomach every year, to be honest. Uh, the way that and uh, support our troops is one of those like uh, things like don't politicize this tragedy, where yeah. it's just a smokescreen. For- like, but you're using the troops for political purposes. You have politicized yeah. them. Sorry, there is no- don't politicize the army. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? The main instrument of uh, foreign policy. Yeah. Yeah. There's it- no what 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 purpose other than political. Is there mm. for our soldiers to be in the Middle East today? Yeah, uh, there is no Australian defence interest stake in the Middle East. No, of course. In fact, if anything, it's uh, it's destructive to our national interest and security. Because if what you're worried about is Islamic terrorism, if you're a, if you're that fucking person, then you picking know, fights with Islamic countries may not be a wise move. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, so you're blaming us for the terrorists' behaviour. Thanks, Kieran. Oh, well, I do know. like to help. Why are you propagandising for these people? If it's any consolation, I do always feel <laughs> sorry for the old men, the sad old men with their appeal tins. And uh, well, this is if like, I did some I more always... research, maybe I would find out where that money goes to and no, see okay. if I could uh, see clear to giving them some stuff. I, if it went I, I to like, veteran health or throw something. throw a dollar in more for the sake of the old darling who's holding the tin than the actual... The yeah. RSL do not need me to donate money to them. They have an incredibly wealthy organisation. <laughs> if they wanted to support veterans care properly, then they would have yeah. the means to do so. But they shouldn't need to because the Department of Health should be doing that. Yeah. And, um, I mean, we shouldn't be fucking sending people over there. And we shouldn't be sending be people psychologically to... psychologically f- destroyed yeah. for... No, soldiers should only be yeah. used for peacekeeping or defence... Like, actual defensive purposes. Yeah. Should not be sending human beings to die for yeah. commercial interests or political careers. Maybe, maybe the, like, once-in-history event of the Nazi push through Europe. I can see them being used. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I wouldn't say it's an altogether negative thing that we were involved in that war. No. But also, like, it was the the Second World War has been fucking... The Second World War was the special one. Over- where it's- but it's also <laughs> been overwritten a ton, and the yeah. the virtue of the Allies has been fucking elevated to this Every time I hear level. an Englishman talk about how Britain stood alone against the Nazis, I want to punch them in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember when I lived in England... We were a my- tiny part of the support they had. Yeah. God... The number of, like, Indian and African soldiers who still haven't been acknowledged by the British government is disgusting. Oh, yeah. Disgusting. Yeah, it's fucking feral. Um, when I lived in England, I remember, and I was an idiot, so please forgive my ignorance, uh, the ignorance of my younger self in this story, but my friends were like, so why didn't you guys fight in the Second World War? And I was like, I, I was just like, well, these guys probably know what they're talking about. A couple of them are kind of military heads. And I was like, oh, I didn't know. And then I went home and I asked my dad and he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> these fucking Brits. Um, just the worst. Yeah. Apart from the Americans. Well, um, yeah, I don't I don't throw a dollar in the tin. I fucking knock it out of that dude's hand and piss in it and go tough shit, old timer. You okay. fucking monster. How does it feel to be a baby killer? And everybody outside of the uh, Woolworths starts clapping and cheering for yeah, me. Yeah, that's right. And I say, no gods, no masters. And The working class have nothing to lose <laughs> but their chains. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I push him down and he's like, your message seems confused. So <laughs> just give him a good kick in the stomach. Yeah. He's like, but I'm part of the proletariat. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. I didn't realise I was being weaponized <laughs> by a financial elite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It it quickly became quite a sophisticated dialogue uh, as I breathlessly refuted his points in between 
punt. I saw a, a boy, a child, collecting money in his fucking army duds. Oh, uh, yeah, day. his little cadet's gear. Uh, well, I mean, no, he was a full-blown oh, soldier. Oh, right, he was like, like an actual little miniature yeah, uniform. Yeah, he was 18 years old, and it was like... He was an army man. He was a, an 18-year-old oh, soldier. I see what you're saying. I'm, I'm calling him a child because, of course, he's a boy who's... Yeah, well, I mean, why else would you join the army? Yeah, yeah. It's not a decision that you make as a mature, reflective individual. Mm. You're like, yes, I will lay down and die for Scott Morrison's career. Yeah. What could be a nobler calling for me? <laughs> uh, I'm with you. I think that we should stop, stop with this nonsense, but... It's we one should, of those impossible ones to breach because the well, wall of idiocy. And we should be guided by the soldiers themselves, right? Mm. How many of those? Like, so t- take from from the English army, um, Siegfried Sassoon, right? Mm. Before he went to war, and, and um, but after he took up the bassoon <laughs> and played it to a packed out room, awful under the light Stop of the moon, it, you bastard. Right, jingoistic poetry. He was really military, pro-empire, yeah. dirtbag. Within about two weeks of being in the trenches, he's expressing a completely different sentiment, obviously, because he wasn't mm. stupid. <laughs> yeah. Um, instead of listening to fucking journalists and politicians, mm. listen to the legacy left by the actual soldiers themselves. Yeah. Who's that dude? Gas Gas Boys? That uh, Wilfred Owen or something? That is Wilfred Owen. Yeah. yeah. yeah Dolce e decorum est pro patria mori. Yep. Uh, I remember studying that in high school and then, you know, the book would close and they would be like, thank God for our brave soldiers going yeah. over to die for a just cause. Yeah. It's like, don't underestimate the cognitive <laughs> it's dissonance. It's extraordinary. Yeah. It's absolutely fucking true. Yeah. Pray that you will never know the hell where youth and laughter go. And then <laughs> yeah. they're like, yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Isn't well, it what clever? we're remembering is the brave sacrifice <clears throat> they made. Not mm. It wasn't a brave sacrifice. They were lied to. They didn't know what was going yeah. on. And then they were slaughtered. Yeah. See how a career in the army can give you the cleverness needed to invent a word like glozed? And fucking over Serbia, of all fucking countries, <laughs> as well. Ah... Uh. Poor Serbians. Uh, there are a couple of funny things, because obviously this is happening worldwide, not just in Australia. Yeah, no, of course. Uh, so there's a couple of uh, sort of amusing things that have come out. Uh, Donald Trump, of course, cancelled his visit to the graveyard where he was going to uh, pay homage to the soldiers because it was raining. I know. And he still people. wants them to do a fucking parade for him as well. Mm. Hopefully one of them will shoot him. Yeah. Uh, apparently... Hopefully that doesn't happen, obviously, because I'm a responsible broadcaster. Yeah. I would never suggest that mm. anybody should assassinate the President of the United States of America. No, no, Especially no, no. if you're an unhinged us. person with PTSD listening to this recording. Yeah. Do not follow the voices. Yeah. Yep. Cannot emphasize that enough, that it would be a tragedy. Still, though, somebody might. Somebody <laughs> might, you know? It's... The fucking term is young. He's only halfway through. Um, I heard... I read... I haven't verified this at all, but I read that the uh, the, the collective world leadership uh, missed the mark, like the appropriate time, by a little bit because they fucked up their like the international community well, fucked I up mean, their accounting for the time, and then realised, oh fuck, we're an hour late. I don't think which that's is, really massively significant, do you? I mean, it's funny. It's funny, funny that you would put this much effort into. I guess they've had four years to prepare. About a hundred years, really, yeah. to prepare for it. Yeah. They yeah. knew there was going to be a centenary at some <clears> point. <laughs> yeah, and they didn't get their shit together. By far the funniest thing, I think, to come out of this was uh, the official Twitter account for the video game Halo 
uh, posting an image of Master Chief saluting oh, while some planes no, go by really? and saying, we remember Fuck you or like hell. we salute you, which is like somehow impossibly worse than the Jim I Davis feel like cartoon just of Garfield. in my ear. That's yeah. terrible. Sorry. Are you not happy, Dan, about it? I'm not. <laughs> I, yeah. It's going to be a war between us of just <laughs> increasingly nasty <Spe> details. <laughs> Speaking ill forth. of the dead isn't normally something that bothers me a huge amount because they're dead. Mm. But for some reason, there's a level of just saccharine, twee, yeah. horrible bullshit. Oh, it's grotesque. Maybe it's the straight face with which I knew that I know that they kind of put it all together. Mm. That it's a genuine attempt at respect that just yeah. makes it so agonizingly <laughs> awful. <laughs> yeah. Halo, of course, is a, is a video game about uh, a mind, a brainwashed uh, soldier, uh, super soldier being folded into a jingoistic uh, war of extermination. I bet he writes really shitty poetry about it. Master Chief would not be a yeah, not be a fine penman. I feel guns go boom. Yeah, I'm my kind heart of, goes boom, boom. I'm kind of all right at this. <laughs> Killed more people today. Mm. I was mowing them down like bales of hay. Mm, very good. Which I now think you don't mow hay, but Master hay Chief is doesn't later know that. Prepared from grasses. Yeah, this is too difficult. I'm just going to shoot someone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. Uh, so that's it. That's those are the those are the little details that I have that I found funny about the whole thing because you have to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. Mm. Uh, do you have anything else that you want to add about the? Not really. Centenary? I mean, it's not really. Yeah. I, I I just I, I would like it if people could respect the troops by honouring their wishes, not to glorify warfare. Yeah, and to stop calling it a sacrifice because it wasn't. It was murder. Yeah. Yeah. Well put. Uh, okay. Topic A. Done. In the can. Boom. Yeah! Thanks, boys. That's okay. I feel uh, uplifted <clears throat> now. <I> feel <laughs> uh, we have a B topic. Uh, something that I've been looking forward to with a great deal of excitement because I'm a, a filthy uh, spectacle hound is the US midterm elections. Ooh. Ooh, tell me about the US midterm Which elections. Was there a big blue wave? Happened? There was a modest blue wave. There was a blue splash. Yeah, there was a blue splash because uh, obviously if you ever look at the way that districts are drawn uh, <laughs> after decades and decades of gerrymandering by the Republican Party, fuck me. There. Yeah, you can still insane. win with like a 20 point gap Yeah, if you gerrymander properly. It's ridiculous. I think accounting for the popular vote, uh, Democrats got well over 60% of the yeah. vote. They got like 9 million more, or over 9 million more votes than It's crazy than the how it was... gerrymandering. It's not like it tips it if it's undecided. You can yeah. literally full-blown lose the vote and still get more seats. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Or in this case, not lose anywhere near as many seats as you should have. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody ran a, uh, a simulation on if the districts were more equitably drawn and it would have been a bloodbath yeah. had that been the case but we live in the world that we live in and so the democrats picked up some seats there are some good they've ones got the important there. thing is they've got a majority it doesn't really matter how much but yeah in the house they they fucked up the senate because uh, yeah, the senate <clears throat> system in america is fucking stupid because it's yeah. not meant to represent the people it's meant to represent the states it's like if yeah. all of australia mainland australia 
got to choose, like, <laughs> half of the senators in our Senate, yeah. and then the Pitcairn Islands and <clears throat> fucking Tasmania picked the other 50% of them. It's yeah. stupid. Oh, yeah, Idiot course, system designed by fuckwit. It has nothing to do with population. Founding fathers were not as clever as people think. No, not they by- They were spoiled teenagers. Not by a long shot. Who really needed to study their Machiavelli more closely. Yeah. Um, Sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's good. Get it out of your system. Uh, so the the House, uh, the Democrats picked up a bunch of seats. There were a bunch of exciting things there. I think Kansas elected, maybe not to the House, maybe it was the governorship, but uh, the first openly gay. That's right. Uh, representative. Got There's a queer representative. Mm-hmm. There's a. Uh, uh, a bunch of decent people. There's been some seats. Muslim the, women elected. Yeah. Two, two African gangs. Yeah, two African gangs, which is good. Uh, progressive candidates overall did very well. Centrist candidates overall ate shit, which is... Excellent. ...should be seen as validation. But, of course, the think pieces immediately went up saying that the Democratic Party has to move closer to the centre if they want to... That's right. That they- bold progressive reforms <clears throat> fail. This is a great. Um, Beto O'Rourke was held up as an example of how bold mm. progressive reforms aren't enough to win. Yeah. What the fuck was bold and progressive about Beto O'Rourke? Yeah, not not a lot. So uh, literally only in the asinine fucking world of American politics. Yeah. You'd be like, ooh, check out this extreme motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> he wants to go back to like a. British Tory position on the economy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. It's fucking nuts. It's just compared to Ted Cruz. Too sharp like, for this draw. Mm, it's yeah, like those insecure enough. racist morons who say that they like having an Asian male order bride because she makes their dick look big. It's like Ted Cruz is the small Asian hand on yeah, I, the dick I, I of guess a, a shrew has a strong backbone compared to a jellyfish. That's yeah. A fair point. Yeah, exactly. And when all you've got is a jellyfish, boy, does that shrew look strong. Uh, but yeah, the big, the big cause for celebration for me is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez got elected. Which, she did. of course, she, she would have, making her the youngest. She got a thumping majority as well, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she, I mean, she always was. She's in New York. Um. That's right. Yeah. Which is why the primary one was of kind the of unf- more of a... How, how desperate is it for America that New York is one of the least fucked parts of the country? <laughs> yeah, <Jeez>. right? <laughs> I went on a winery. Oh, well done, shitheads. <laughs> I went on a winery tour for... It was my birthday present, uh, basically. So we went on a winery tour, and there were a young couple on their honeymoon from New York, and, like, he was in construction, and she was in PR, and it was just funny, because this liberal construction dude being like, eh, let's not talk about Trump. <laughs> uh, I can't do his accent, but... Was he from the 1940s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, Trump, you see, he's a rudder. He's a filthy, down, good, no good. Always playing wise. Yeah. Gonna get himself in trouble. He's a screaming Mimi, you see. That's my that's new B topic. <laughs> Fucking how haunting of Hill House was a bitter disappointment. Wasn't um, it, though? Wasn't it just? Yeah. I agree. Also, the unsurprisingly, the chilly adventures of Sabrina. Yeah, yeah, I, I watched all of that as well because I was sick uh, with food poisoning, and so I watched the Castlevania anime. Yeah, pretty good. That was okay. Yeah, and then Sabrina, and yeah, the supporting cast in Sabrina, though, <clears throat> like Richard Coyle, Lucy Davis, Lucy Davis, love awesome. Lucy Davis, uh, the guy who played fucking Ambrose, I liked quite a lot. Yeah, 
Here's what I can't figure out about- All of the English cast were awesome. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Miranda. I was, I was, I was I so happy Miranda. to see Lucy Davis. I can't fucking express how happy I was to see her in that role, and she was perfect for it. However, the thing that I don't get about Sabrina, and this is officially now the topic <laughs> for the podcast. <laughs> we'll get back to Cortez in a minute. But <laughs> Worthwhile now, segue, totally. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't figure out what it was doing with its morality and its spirituality, because on the one hand, it's like Satanism is an allegory for Christianity, yes. and like you have to develop your own ethic and, and break away from the church and stuff, but the church still exists in this world, and so a lot of the time it seemed like Satanism was Satanism, but then it was very critical of consorting with demons, so by this weird roundabout uh, criticism of Christianity through the allegory of Satanism, you end up like fortifying Christianity and saying, I mean, like, well, in this world, why would you not become a Christian? So, I'm going to do them a favour and say this was mm. deliberate. Firstly, you would not be a Christian because Christians don't get magic powers, and that's obviously yeah, a sure. huge difference. Secondly, assuming it's on purpose, mm. then it's meant to be a parody of theological inconsistency. Yeah, right. Sure. I because mean, yeah. that's that find me a fucking internally consistent, coherent religion. Yeah, sure, and that's all fine. But like, there's legitimately nothing positive about Satanism in this show. Which you get to be magic. You get to be magic, but like, witchcraft is often used as and like an empowerment narrative. Particularly as Richard Coyle women. keeps reminding us, it <clears throat> used to be fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. There was a time when Satanism was the best fun ever. Yeah. Before it became all Christianified. <clears throat> yeah, but they're still fucking cannibals and they're yeah, I know. fucking around. Sometimes they're against I know, the demons, sometimes they're with the demons. Given how important the church uh, of the night is, it was an incredibly ill-thought-out mm. and ill-defined uh, faith and community. Yeah. Also, Sabrina's character, I didn't mm. know whether this was an acting or a directorial or a writing issue. Mm. I think it's writing and directorial because towards the latter half of the show, she picked up enormously. Mm. The first five episodes, Sabrina was not a character at all. No. She was just literally a bare bones fucking hero. Yeah. Hero makes heroic <clears throat> decisions. She was a moral device. Yeah. And I love so actually what I low-key liked about it was that whenever she got up on her high horse about something being bad, she got like a Kristen Wig character from the Hamptons voice. <laughs> yeah. She'd be like, I can't abandon my friends. <laughs> it's simply not right. Very true. And, and yeah. Oh, um, uh, Michelle Gomez. Mm. as Lilith, mm. the yeah, chief yeah, yeah. concubine of hell. Sue White coming back. Fucking brilliant, Very too. happy to see her back. Her accent was a little inconsistent, and when she started to slip back into the Scottish, I was like, fuck, this would be good if she would just go and full bore, <laughs> yeah. full bore with her Scottish voice. True, true. But, uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I, sh I feel bad that I watched that show, but I was sick. What, am I, what was I I was in a similar position. Be productive. It was, look, it was nice seeing Richard Coyle and Lucy Davis get yeah. a series again. Yeah. Because they both, Richard Coyle especially, after vanishing from view since coupling happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like to come back as ago. a scenery-chewing fucking evil high priest guy. Yeah. yeah. Pretty good. Uh, so, Cortez is the youngest uh, woman ever elected to Congress. That is correct. Uh, possibly the youngest person. I don't know. Uh, the way that they talk about it is weird, but I suspect probably youngest I don't think woman. youngest there person, because be there would have been like a 16-year-old back a thousand years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was like the last boy left alive yeah. in his town after the fucking civil war or something? Yeah. Um, uh, what was it? Um, uh, Prime Minister Pitt, the even younger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm very stoked about Cortez, and the media is is making hay about the fact that she can't afford a uh, 
an apartment in DC, and so you've got... So she's got to wait two weeks before she gets her first paycheck. Yeah, Mm. yeah. And so Fox News people are, like, being like, (laughs) she can't even afford her own apartment, and, like, fully not reading the room. Yeah, no, it's like she's one of the people or something. Yeah, yeah, what a fucking uh, wild idea that is. But, of course, the apparatus has always favoured people with six investment properties and shares in fucking oil drilling yeah because it was set up by plantation owners yeah yep remember you you couldn't even vote unless you had um a certain level of measurable property Mm, yeah which had to include land yeah yep exactly right thank god it's a fucking democratic institution now right it's definitely well theoretically Mm. looks very nice on paper america Mm. uh (laughs) yeah on paper it's a fucking diamond it's just not so much in the flesh uh, yeah, so there were some encouraging things. The Senate was obviously a fuck-up. Uh, there is a recount happening in Florida. You've got because, two races still going. Yeah. Uh, and people are now saying, officials and lawyers uh, overseeing the recount are now saying that they likely will not get the recount done by the Thursday deadline, which means that the standing results, which is two Republican wins and one Democratic win... Uh, will stand and really? the likelihood that's a of... fucking incredibly stupid bylaw why is that a thing because the entire system is bent towards electoral <laughs> fraud that's <laughs> so amazing they frauded it's it like, once and then they you have need a... to do a recount you can't do a recount yeah just yeah to, just it's say. exactly right just what you can have <laughs> is hundreds and hundreds of faulty machines that mysteriously only faultily vote for Republican candidates instead of the Democratic one that you want to vote for. But when it comes to the recount, they have eight machines, literally eight machines to recount the entire state's votes across three races. I cannot believe that there's Mm. nothing the Republican Party can get legitimately sued for. Yeah, it it boggles the mind. And it, (laughs) it, yeah, goes to prove, this is something I've said a couple of times, but of course the rule of law is a farce designed to uphold power yeah no totally particularly in that it's just impressively fucking brazen in this yeah yeah yeah. it's amazingly and it's a hundred percent like is there an adult is there can't somebody help can't somebody fix this but this is the stuff that revolutions are made out of democrats being like blue wave rebellion public say you guys gonna fix campaign finance reform and gerrymandering no we're not (laughs) it's like well why are we gonna fucking vote for you (laughs) yeah idiots People got insane. Literally, the only things the whole country it. agrees in. How many Republican voters mm. would vote Democrat just one time if they had a guaranteed promise that campaign finance reform would get fixed? Yeah. Don't mention gerrymandering. You got to spring that on them. Like, yeah. Fixing yeah. gerrymandering as well. well. But that's, you know, the votes, like the, GMP, the number yeah. of people who would abandon the Republicans, even mm. if just for that election. Yeah. If they fi- thought there was a genuine push to fix fi- campaign financing, it would be fucking incredible. You'd get yeah. the Senate back. Well, I mean, that's why fucking Cortez won by so much, because she didn't take any corporate money. She yeah. was entirely funded by And that's uh, why O'Rourke came as close as he did, was because mm. he also avoided PACs and just yeah. took the small change. So, yeah, they absolutely could fix things if they wanted to, but they don't. And I think he raised the most of any Senate, like... Uh, race contesty, what do you call them? Racer? Any Senate racer in history? Senate raised racer. an insane amount of money just from small change donations. Yeah, yeah. Just like fucking Bernie did in the 2016 like primaries. It, it works. It, it should be the thing. But of course it's not. And Pelosi is like 
going Alternatively, out there of course, saying, the actual government could just pay for this. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. You not have, have any donations. Yeah, what a fucking crazy idea that is. Um, but yeah, uh, Pelosi, who was the minority leader uh, in the House, I think, and gave a very now, inspiring speech yeah. about working with Republicans. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Where yeah, she said, good. "We're not going to go after Republicans the way that Republicans have gone after us," and everybody collectively said, "Like, why not? It's fucking war." <laughs> Bill Shorten's just sitting in Canberra, thinking, "Like, <laughs> man, these people are boring and weak." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fucking crazy. And yeah, people were obviously promoting the idea of voting uh, really heavily in uh, the weeks leading up to it. And it was the highest turnout in history. Uh, They got nearly half of the country to vote. And high turnouts favour Democrats. The higher the turnout is, the more likely Democrats are to be elected, which is interesting. I suspect um, a more progressive party with a... Well, the Greens are the more... But if the Democrats were to become a more progressive party, they would guarantee a high turnout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, it's, it's as simple as offering the American people something that they want to have. It's not difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's staggering that they can't figure that out. But I saw so many fucking centrist Hillary Stan style people on Twitter just doing that scene from Peep Show when people are like, well, I don't vote because I'm like apathetic because I voted for Democrat and then, you know, I lost my job and... Yeah. fucking you know it didn't work and then these people yeah being mark at christmas being like you absolute fucking idiot jeremy you fucked it up <laughs> and just being like this is disgusting yeah, you're not you, fucking helping yeah no you're not at all why haven't you helped me be more powerful yeah now because of you the wrong kleptocrats in power <laughs> yeah yeah but uh, also, there's a lot of noise about Bernie running for 2020, and I gotta oh, say, I hope he does. I'm not against it. Who would be? Who would be? Well, there are a lot of people who are like, he's too old. But- oh, forgot. Yeah, John McCain old. was older than Bernie is now when he ran against Obama, was he not? And uh, he quite possibly would have safely had his two terms, as we can see, only died afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, Joe Biden, who a lot of these people want Besides to go if, for, is only one oh, year Joe younger than Biden's so pointless. Bernie. Why would you pick Joe Biden? And all the people who say he's too old, like, none of them can offer a credible alternative. Why is that a... Pr- Trump's fucking old. And yeah. just less healthy than Bernie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Bernie's is Bernie's doing rallies every day. He's healthy physically, as very anybody. vigorous, right? Like yeah. you could say a lot. Okay, he's curmudgeonly and mm. you know he's a terrible haircut, but he's <laughs> clearly in fine physical fettle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he takes care of himself, and all he has to do is pick a good vice. I was president about to say, and, plus it doesn't matter because you just have yeah. a VP. But when people are asked to offer alternatives, they fuck it up. They say like Tulsi Gabbard, who has extremely oh. sketchy connections to. Uh, the Warhawk lunatic. Yeah, yeah. And then there's people like Nina Turner, who I like a ton, but is never going to fucking get up as a candidate because, you know, she is what Barack Obama pretended to be, which is like a fiercely uh, left-wing black woman and the country will fucking eat her up. I think you're, <laughs> you're buying into Republican sorry, talking points sorry, there, Kira. Sorry, I am. <laughs> Show us the birth certificate. The Arnold Schwarzenegger thing. He's like... This guy is just too skinny to be president. And he's never pumped in his life. Yeah. What? How is that your fucking criterion, Arnold? What? Yeah. I mean, I can see why, because it's totally self-serving. Yeah. Obviously, the most muscular politician should be the most powerful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Muscle king. The muscle king of the American states. Um, 
Yeah, so that's... I obviously didn't have any real information, but the American midterms was a bit of a wet fart. Yeah, it was frustrating. I was, it was again, though, one of the things I resent about American politics is mm. it makes me go for the British Tory party. That's all the Democrats <laughs> yeah. are. They're not yeah. a fucking progressive party. Yeah, not even in the fucking slightest. They're just not disconnected. Well, they are divorced from reality in a very important yeah. way, but they're way less divorced from reality than the yeah. Republicans. Well, it's just that the Republican Party is one of the few uh, political parties with that amount of power in the English-speaking world that can get away with being that cartoonishly villainous and still holding on to that much part. Yeah, power. that's true. Like, But they are a common um, blight around the rest of the world. They really yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. Man, the one thing that I'm really hoping is that the Florida recount uh, goes through and that we get Gillum just because... I, w- I was a fan of the debate that he had with DeSantis, where it was like, now, I can't say for sure whether or not DeSantis is a racist, but I can tell you that the racists think he's a racist. <laughs> it's like, yeah, cool. You found the trigger. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Because he's he is racist. Uh, just like Steve King and all of those fucking... Did I- Bobby Jindal get anything? Was I he involved no in this? I have... Uh, Bobby Jindal is like a magical artifact that you can't <laughs> look directly at. It just <laughs> warps invisibility. Over Rested, itself. tanned, and ready to go. Yeah. Unbelievable. What a prick. What a <laughs> straight-up prick. What a fucking garbage country. If you want to pretend that you're not Indian, but are in fact Caucasian, why mm. would you not change your surname from Jindal? Yeah. It seems like a really weird, like, tell to just leave lying around. Yeah, it's pretty unreal. Just eating some of this... White food, just like my mother used to make. I love the uh, spiciness of this salt. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, boy, there's nothing that I like more than hot sauce on a good hot dog. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I was going to have a second part to that bit, but my mind went completely blank. But that's exactly what he'd do. Mm. But Jindal is one of the kings of finishing his sentences with that inflection that leads you to believe there's yeah. more to come. <laughs> yeah, and no, that was the punchline. <laughs> yeah. That was the setup. That was, no, I don't... Don't make me exercise, you <laughs> demon. <laughs> I don't mess around. Just the one line. That's all I need. Um, fuck. Yeah, I think that's all there is to say about the midterms. All right. Pooping. Well, yeah, it was it was, it was a fizzer. Because they, they, they need to fix all of their procedural problems. Yeah. So, Democrats, if you're listening, campaign finance reform and an independent electoral commission mm. along the same line as ours, frankly, yeah. that handles district distributions for you professionally yep. and yep. I reasonably impartially. Yeah. I don't think they've ever been susceptible to bribery enough to actually change the outcome of an election. Yeah, no, our our system is semi-robust. It obviously, like, proves that you can still have a shithouse population that will vote in monsters. Absolutely. But, but at least you know that it's not because of fucking rampant electoral fraud. Oh, no, take heart, Kieran. Only fucking a third of the country thinks that Scott Morrison's good. Yeah. <laughs> Trump, only a third of adult <laughs> Americans think that he's still- only yeah. a third. Anything Jesus a- fucking Christ. Anything that a fucking in- inflated pig's bladder that's just been floating around like the plastic bag from American oh, Beauty. Such a disaster. It really is. All right. On that note, mm. uh, 
we're going to leave you with this uh, snippet, this morsel from Leonardo's robot. Yeah. And don't forget, you can contact us on uh, weaknessforbleakness think... at gmail.com. Yeah. I don't think we need to keep name-dropping him. He can. He's not that fragile. Leonardo's robot. Yeah. As Thanks. in Da Vinci. Thanks, mate. Better luck next time. Uh, tough shit, mate. Best of luck next time.